0: Hello, everybody, we are doing a chill live hangout where you can ask me any question you want about art, about what's on your mind with your current projects, ask me technical questions about materials, pick my brain, you've got access to an art professor for an hour what would you like to chat about today if you would like to grow as an artist and you can't afford an art class we've got everything you need here at ArtProf: critiques tutorials professional development and workshops visit artprof.org we have lots of goodies over there for you to check out looks like Cupcake wants to know about color palettes. All right. Well, let me know in the chat, your questions, Cupcake or anybody else about color, color palettes, because I feel that the person who really taught me the concept of a color palette was Lauren, before I talked to Lauren it really never occurred to me to make a color scheme, which in retrospect is really dumb. In all of art school, with all of the painting that I did, I never had a color scheme because I was so bent on painting realistically. I wanted to hone my skills. And so the only color I ever thought about was color that I observed. I never thought about oh, this is a figure painting. Maybe I want this to skew more yellow, or maybe I want to push the cool colors. It's probably why I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> yes, yes, it's Hugh. Look, see, he sits on my desk now. Look, isn't that a great picture of him? He looks so good at the suit. In case you missed it, I do have a very large Hugh life size. He's in my office. He hasn't been set up yet same thing with my skeleton in the back they're going to be set up soon i just haven't had a chance to do it but you know something this little cardboard kind of makes me happy he's just like right there it's really fantastic because now i have you here but also have aaron to mate behind me that's all it takes to make me happy g is asking what are the biggest differences between liquid? an impasto-liquid. Liquin, if people here don't know what that is, it is a medium that you can use with oil paint. I describe it as being a little goopy. It's sort of the consistency of applesauce. And I actually did a short recently talking about oil paint mediums. But think about impasto-liquid as being a beefed-up version of Liquin. Liquin is, like I said, applesauce, so impasto Liquin maybe is more like frosting, but not thick, not like buttercream, more the mushy frosting. But the main purpose behind Liquin is that it dries your oil paint much faster which is a great option because, oh my gosh, oils take so long. I'm convinced that's half the reason I don't use them. It's just, they are so incredibly slow. Waiting for those layers to dry for me is just torture. (laughs) By the way, everybody, we are doing registration for our January and February workshops. This is due next Friday and spots are already being taken. I thought we'd focus on the workshops this term, really thinking about a particular material, which we haven't done as much before. We've had more topic driven workshops, but we're going to be offering colored pencil, mixed media painting, clothing and drapery, portraits and proportions, soft pastel and charcoal. So if you guys want to register, just go down to the YouTube video description below on the link that says workshops. Cupcake is saying, what are some of the requirements of a cohesive color palette? In other words, light versus dark colors. Okay, one thing that's important to consider when it comes to color schemes, you have to separate value from color. Value is how dark something is. For example, I have these headphones here. These are dark in value, but if you look at my skeleton, that is very light in value. And so color schemes certainly can be about value, but I think it's less important compared to the grouping of colors. So there's no requirement but I think what is very important when you're making a color palette is to think about the dynamics between the colors. For example, if you have a color palette and it is rounded in the complementary color pair of yellow and purple, that's the premise for your color palette. And then you can decide, okay, well, what kind of yellows do I want? Do I want the yellows to be more cool and mild like Naples yellow? Do I want them to be very acidic looking, like cadmium yellow. And so I think having an underlying premise to what you're trying to achieve. For example, maybe you're doing a portrait and you want the mood to look very angry. Therefore, you probably don't want to use all muted earth tone colors. It's not a very good match for that mood. And so I think the thing is, the mood, what is the premise? What is the relationship? And then how do all of those colors affect each other? Maybe there's one color that is really bold and prominent. Maybe there's a couple other colors, but they're barely there. Think about the proportions. What amount do you want this to feel dark and red? What amount do you want this to feel frosty and green? Those are the kinds of questions you can ask yourself. Jaleo says, "Have you ever used Blackwing pencils, the ones with the wide eraser? They used to be everywhere a couple of years back. I haven't. Now I'm really curious. We haven't launched this yet, but very soon we're going to have a year-long program where if people want to see me test uh, art supply that I've never used before, like I did with the liquid charcoal stream." jasmine sent me the supply off my amazon wish list and i did an unboxing i did a live stream reaction i also did mr (laughs) intubate back here (laughs) was also a liquid charcoal piece because you know there's so many paints that i've never used before and it's wonderful our community is constantly telling me about these things and I realized the other day, wow, I've never used flash. Flash is a paint. It's sort of like acrylic, but not quite. And then somebody else was talking to me about egg tempera. And then I found the other day, I was browsing, dangerous, (laughs) and I found that Daniel Smith makes these things called watercolor sticks, like
1: what is this?
0: Okay, I really want to try this. So we'll have a program where people can buy things off the wish list and I can test them on a live stream and tell everybody what I think. Because I suspect that for a lot of people, it is very helpful to see someone's first reaction. Tell me in the chat, when you see someone's first reaction to a material, how is that different than say when I do a tutorial and I have used charcoal a million times? It's a really different experience. So I'm hoping that can be A new way we can engage with materials together also tell me in the chat what are your current projects because i know blue wolf who's one of the wonderful moderators in our discord was talking to me about her projects uh she's saying fix the structure of the work in progress ever leaving it for two weeks when i came back to it today i noticed the reference has more of a tilt in the head yeah, that time away is so valuable. And I know a lot of people, because this is every Friday night, like Blue Wolf said, are walking at this time to be in the studio. So tell me, what are you doing? Maybe right now, maybe later. What are some of your projects? Because I have way too many. Does everybody see this list? <laughs> Look at this. This is my little sticky is telling me about all the artworks that I need to finish. Like, I crossed off one. I crossed off the Aaron eight liquid charcoal, but it's still a pretty long list. <laughs> and there's some I'm not going to get to anytime soon for various reasons. Lisa's asking, how do you recommend a new unskilled artist accept their current level of skill? In other words, make meaningful work with their limited skill. That's an excellent question because I think anybody who's studying anything, if you're a complete beginner, usually your taste or your recognition of, let's say a great painting is far ahead of your skills. So you can appreciate a painting and understand why you think that painting is compelling, but to actually produce something with the type of skill level that that takes is another thing. And so inevitably as a beginner, your skill set is far, far behind your engagement with other people's artwork. And I think what's important is to have a flexible mindset. Because I was talking to Dorian today and I kept telling him that I didn't understand how his brain worked (laughs) because he does the most out there materials. Because he had this video. It was the one where he went shopping at the gas station to get bleach. Did anybody see that? But there's this one clip where he was holding something. And so I'm reviewing the video. I'm like, what are you holding? He's like, it's a rose dipped in bleach. I'm like, okay, now I'm even more confused. I do not understand (laughs) what you're doing here. And he said to me, well, the reason I'm like that, is because I really wanna learn things for myself. And so I think a big part of it is feeling like you can understand why you want to learn certain things or why certain things are important. Because I think sometimes when a beginner takes everything at face value, oh, I have to learn anatomy, okay. But you you don't really understand why you'd wanna learn anatomy. And by the way, not everybody does. If you want to be an abstract painter, forget it. <laughs> you don't need to learn anatomy. But I think that can be a problem when people are just sort of mindlessly accepting everything as this is what I should do. And it's good to talk to somebody with experience and say, well, hey, wh- why does this matter? Why do color schemes matter? Everybody says they're important, but I don't really understand why. So that questioning process, I think, is very important for a beginner to learn how to do Coco Paris is asking, what are your thoughts on decoupage? I don't know anything about it. (laughs) I'd love to hear more about it. So if you'd like to share some thoughts in the chat, I don't even know technically how it works. I'd have to look it up. But thanks for bringing it up. Maybe it's something else to explore. Because you know something? I'm so happy that Ashley Browning, who's a graphic designer, She's coming on a live stream, I think in about a week or so. And she's going to teach me how to get started learning graphic design. And I never thought graphic design would be interesting to me. Sort of like film, film, GD, why would I want to do it? And now I'm really, really fascinated by it. And so she's going to give us a lot of tips. And so I'm a noob just like you guys in many circumstances. And 7A follows up. Black wings are pretty good if you like a really dark pencil, but I do think they're a bit overpriced for what they are. Good to know. I've learned so much about so many different art supplies that I would never have known. I mean, you think four years in art school and a two-decade career, you would have seen all these these, but I haven't. People keep suggesting things. So let's do it right now. The program with my wish list is not launched just yet. It's coming up in about a week. But if there is some material that I've never used before that you know of, that you would like to see me try out, tell me what that is. Because sometimes it's some weird material that I'm just like, what is this? And then other times it's a different brand. Because a lot of people were asking me for the longest time, to use the Sennelier oil pastels, which are expensive. And so I put it on my wish list for one of the raffles and somebody got it for me, so kind. And I didn't like them. They, they were so smeary. I think it was Blue Wolf who said it felt like drawing with lipstick and the colors were really muted. They did not have. A lot of bright saturated colors, the way the Karen Dash sets did. So sometimes as a compare and contrast, people want to know the differences between the brands. Carolyn says, What do you think of the three color challenge, closing your eyes and picking three colors at random for working on color mixing and color understanding? Closing your eyes, picking three colors at random. I guess I'd have to have someone show me how to do that because I feel like I don't really understand what, I mean, the comment, the way it's written right now, I don't think I would fully understand it. I actually think there's two things I would say for me were big game changers. So the first one is that complimentary color gouache chart that it's on her website. That changed the whole world of color for me really taught me how to mix and see different nuances in a way I'd never done before. And the other one its confession time, everybody, you've got to observe color in real life. Colors in photos that are references, I'm not talking about photos that are artworks in themselves. But when I look at the color of something in a photo, it is so awful. And you, you don't see color. If I see a reference photo of someone's face, I don't feel like I see much at all, color-wise. But I saw that same person in life posing in front of me. Wow, the color is so much easier to see. People oftentimes say, well, drawing from life is so much harder. It is in some ways. But in terms of seeing color, a lot of people will look at my paintings and they'll say to me, well, I don't understand why you put green there because I don't see any green. And my answer is, you know what, if you saw it in person, you would. But you don't see it in the photo. Those two things to me are the most important things to do. Average drawer says, can you make a college art portfolio that includes both performing and visual projects, or do you have to be solely visual or solely performing? Preforming? Do you mean performing, like as in performance art or something else? If you can follow up, with some clarification. I don't know if you mean performing arts like dance and music or something else. So if you can clarify, I'll come back to you. Michelle made a guitar with postcas. <laughs> well, see, I have used black postcas. I did a stream where I did that, but I've never used the super bright set, the one that's behind me. And I'm not somebody who likes to use <laughs> such a limited set of colors. And so I'm actually very, very interested to see what I'll do because it just goes so against the way I typically like to do markers. Anna says, how do we know what you've used? I'd love to send you something if it's not too expensive. Well, the concept behind the program I'm talking about is I will put things on my wish list so you know If it's on my wish list i haven't used it before and you guys can make suggestions so you can comment anywhere on our platforms and say hey clara have you used this and if i say oh that sounds cool i'll add it to my wish list we can do that too so it's a wonderful exchange i think for you guys to make suggestions as well leslie says I would love to know ahead of time to try some with you. Well, stay up to date. We've got all these social media platforms, but actually the best place everybody, if you want really, really up to date stuff would be to join our Discord. Who here is in the Discord? Just say me. And it's fine if you're not, it's okay. It's just, it's where all the cool kids hang out. I was never a cool kid. But this this is where you get the most up-to-date information. I'm in there every single day. I look at all the channels. I don't comment on everything. Obviously, we've like 12,000 people in there. But this is a great place to stay on top of things. And it's the quickest way to find me as a community member. And let's see. Steve says, Current project is maybe making new pieces to update my art portfolio so we can apply to some art residencies. Just applied to my first, well, congratulations. That's always a great experience. Even if you don't get in, even if you don't win things, putting together the application is an experience in itself. And J.R. Grimm says, current project, it does get back into art. 2023 was rough and I quit art Now I'm trying to start up again, but I'm nervous. I think that's very common, J.R. Grimm. When you step away from something for longer than a week or so, it can feel intimidating to come back. So I'd love to hear in the chat, how many people here have ever stepped away from their artwork for a long period of time? I don't mean two months, I mean a year, decades, There are tons of people in our community who say, yes, I had this multi-career in this whole other field. I raised all my kids and I'm coming back after 30 years. We have a lot of people like that. I think what's really helpful, JR, is to have people to support you. Because I think if you work entirely by yourself and you don't talk to anybody who has a positive interest in your development... It is really easy to just not do it. And I've been in that situation myself where I have an idea and I'm like, "Eh, should I do it? And I get really flaky about it. But then (laughs) I do this on purpose. I will say something about it on a stream or in a post or something like that. And I'm not kidding. When people come on and say, oh, my God, yes, I want to see that. I'm like, "Okay, yes, now I'm going to do it. And it's like the only difference was that I talked to some people. That's it. Now I'm not saying you need to have your own platform and do that, but that's where, like I said, the Discord is great. It's free to participate in the public channels. And I know for some people, if you post in there and you tell us, as you are right now, how you're feeling, you'll get a reply. And if you don't, you can add moderator and somebody will certainly get back to you. All right. Suzala says, just watched your video in Japan, focusing now on my urban sketching in preparation. Oh, I can't wait to go do some travel stuff. I'm not able to do it right now, but I'm hoping I will in 2024. Actually, what I really want to do is I just found out that the Southern Graphics Council Conference, which is the printmaking conference, every Everybody printmaking goes, I mean, not everybody, but it's a very popular event because it's the biggest printmaking. It's basically like printmaking nerd hangout, but on a big scale. And the last time I went was in 2004 and I was a grad student at the time. Things have changed since 2004. And you know what's so cool? I found out that the conference is in Providence this year and I really, really want to go because I could go to, oh my God, can you guys imagine the video content I could shoot at a conference like that? I think it's four days or something and they have demonstrations, there's panels, everybody you talk to wants to talk to you about magnesium carbonate, <laughs> it's the coolest thing, so I really, really want to go and I, I may do a mini fundraiser for it because these conferences are not cheap. But I really want to go, and I think that would be a really fun thing to do. Neil is asking, silly question, what are some things that I could do to lighten up my mood? I really want to be more productive, but my mood has been crap lately. First thing I would suggest, I know that feeling. You want to be productive. Who doesn't? I I wish I could cross off another stupid artwork off my list, but it's not happening anytime soon. But I find for me, if I start guilt tripping myself, Clara, why aren't you more productive? Clara, why don't you do this? Hey, how come you, it's just, it makes me so miserable. I get very upset. And so maybe part of, I mean, this sounds really depressing, Neil. And I really mean this in a positive way. You just have to stop caring sometimes. Tell me in the chat, who thinks that that might be helpful? Because I think oftentimes when we're feeling down, For a lot of people, they want to hear something positive, actionable, that they can do. But honestly, since I've gotten older, that has made me feel better. It's just, I don't care. (laughs) And it's hard to do when you're younger. People say they don't care, but they do. I did when I was younger. And now I'm 47. I'm like, "Mm, I don't care it's strangely liberating. And I'm not saying I don't care about the pieces or that I don't want to be productive, but just the more I go down that rabbit hole of I stink, I should be doing more, it's bad. And we have a super sticker from Leslie. Thank you so much for your support. We so much appreciate that. Keep those super chats and super stickers coming because you know something? They really, really add up. I'm not kidding. We are still a small enough platform that 50 bucks matters. I I hope there's some day where I'm like, we don't need those $500. Now I'm like, hey, $30, $20, $5. It all helps us. So anytime you guys can pitch in, it's incredibly important to us. And for me, it's like, winning a mini lottery every time one of you guys sends in one of those super chats, because dude, <laughs> our budget is rough <laughs> still. And we have, okay, It looks like a lot of people have done decoupage, Michelle, Alexandria, very cool, Leslie. That's fantastic. Sorry, I'm a little behind in the comments. Great, I'm so glad you guys are having your own little party in there. That's one of my favorite things about our community is you guys actually talk to each other. I've been in some live streams just because I'm curious other artists' live streams, and I did notice that people don't talk to each other inside the chat. They make comments, they ask questions, but I just love you guys because you're so helpful to each other. In my opinion, the best learning situation is a group learning situation. Because a lot of people think, okay, well, I'm the teacher. You guys are the students. I'm just gonna stuff things down your throat. It's like, no, it's so cool when you learn from each other because you guys will understand things, you'll know things that I will never know. So I hope you guys enjoy that part of our chat. I like to think that we're so cool. We're one of the few channels out there that has that member community interaction but who knows maybe it's super common (laughs) and alexandria says interesting if someone says why a color they don't see kind of an art point of view privilege is my answer (laughs) you really do have to train yourself to see color because one of my favorite things that alex Rowe, he used to be a teaching artist here he used to say, he said that a lot of people will look at something and say, that's white, I'm going to paint it white. And that's making assumptions. Assuming what you see, oh, the skeleton is white, I'm going to paint it white. But that means you're not looking. Because nothing really is exactly white. Even my skeleton back there definitely has some naples yellow in there. I see a little cerulean blue. It's a skill learning to see color everybody thinks it's about the mixing and about the painting and, and certainly those things are very important but what's more important you have to see the color if you don't see the color you can't paint it it begins with your eyes anna's asking have you tried r and I have not actually lauren did try a bunch of those on a live stream r F actually sent us a bunch but you know something, the last time I used oil sticks, oh my gosh, it was probably in high school. I was doing a lot of oil painting back then, but I don't think I even used the RNF ones at the time. I believe I was using ones made by Windsor and Newton and they don't even make them anymore. So maybe I'm due for an oil stick update. They were never really my favorite material though. They're so smushy, they're really blunt. And I feel like for me, I would really need to work with them on a big scale. I don't think I could do it on a small scale. Even 18 by 24, I think, for me, would feel too small. Oh, good. I'm so glad you guys are all in there for the Discord. It's super fun. And Cypherion says... It's interesting to see what products people like under the same brand. I love Sennelier watercolors, but that's the only product of theirs I tried, but I keep getting ads for their pastels. It, it's really dependent on that material. There's definitely companies where I like their gouache, but I don't like their watercolor. For example, I do really like Windsor Newton gouache. But actually, I haven't tried the other brands, so who knows? Anyway, I've been very happy with their gouache and I've been using their watercolors for a long time because they once sent me just this huge set of Winsor and Newton watercolors. So they're there. I'm going to use them. But now (laughs) Mia has planted this little idea in my head about Daniel Smith watercolors. And now all of you are telling me how great Dan and I'm like, oh, no. I can't do this, you guys. So that would be the type of thing that would go on my wish list. Something like a watercolor brand that I haven't used before. And apparently I am missing out. So hopefully someday I will be able to do that. Oh, I love reading all these stories. Alexandria, GD, WebDev, Suzala, GD, children, urban sketching, tutoring art, Selling, selling watercolors. Lisa says, Yeah, it can be intimidating to get back from a break. I took a break from learning Spanish. I'm afraid I'll be sad how much I forgot. Oh my gosh, you guys. When I lived in Italy, oh my gosh, this was in 1996, I was really good at speaking. I was good enough at speaking that I would speak to people in Italian and they would go, Oh, you know how to speak. I go, blah, 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 and speak so fast. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't do this. I can't, I don't even think I could put a sentence together now. <laughs> art with Alexander says, looking forward to spring, I'm building a travel art bag. I even made the bag to my own needs because I just couldn't find the right one. Oh, that is so brilliant. Actually, did I show you guys this? Dorian gave me this bag that he made. It's made out of denim. I'm sure some of you guys have seen some of his designs but i was like oh my gosh i can't remember the last time somebody gave me like a handmade bag like that it was so nice and let's see what else people are discussing (laughs) <laughs> Blue Wolf says, I love seeing your art behind you in these chill sessions. It's really motivating and keeps me trying. That's just because before this dream, I'm like, okay, I set up the easel so it doesn't look like I work in a warehouse or something. <laughs> Let's see, some great comments about all the materials. Lizzie Bean is asking... I've applied to nine MFA programs this year, and I might apply to more. Is that typical or too many? I can't decide which program I want to go to. Any suggestions for what is most important in a program? There's no such thing as applying to too many schools, but most people have a budget that prevents them from applying too many because, oh my gosh, these. Application fees are so expensive. I don't know how much they are now. (laughs) I'm old enough that I don't remember, but I feel like the last time I looked, it was like $100 per application. So if you apply to 10 schools, $1,000 at least. I know it varies depending on the school, but it's not cheap. I think the most important thing about a program is that it is a good match for the type of work you want to do, because depending on the MFA program, they can be night and day. And I think sometimes people over-prioritize the ranking and prestige. I mean, they do that too with undergraduate programs. But I've had so many students tell me, oh, yes, I want to go to Yale. Uh, Who doesn't? I mean, everyone (laughs) who's applying to MFA wants to go to Yale, specifically Yale and painting. But I'll say to people, well, have you looked at the student work that's coming out of that school and they'll say, yes, it's a good fit. And I look at their work. I'm like, no, it's not you. You can't go to a school that embraces performance art as the primary practice and say you want to do realistic renaissance like oil painting. It just doesn't work that way. So the important thing is that you do your research. Most MFA programs do have an in Instagram. You can see the type of work that they're posting. But the other thing I would say is if you really need hands-on help, which most people do, I would recommend joining our MFA group. This is in the Discord, and it's $30 to $40 a month, and that's where you get a lot of support and advice. Because the thing about the MFA stuff that I found is that most people have the wrong information. And I've had a lot of people come in with all the wrong information. Like somebody was talking to me yesterday about getting a job, teaching classes, at like a nonprofit arts organization. And I explain to them that listen, most of the time, nonprofit arts organizations are severely underfunded and the pay is not good. It's not consistent and you cannot make a living off of just doing that. For a lot of people, teaching at a nonprofit arts organization is sort of like a side gig for extra cash. You're not teaching five days a week full-time. And they had no idea. They said, I didn't know that. I thought it really was the place you could make a career. So that, this is a really great group to get that kind of feedback. And Timov says, I'm revisiting art fundamentals. Through the new master's academy, I am doing grade scales homework, finding it boring. What value do you find in doing them? Oh, are you talking about grayscale? If you can follow up to mov i wasn't sure if you mean grade like a plus b plus or if you mean gray scale like the chart that has all the various grays so follow up and i'll answer once i see that and we have what not hugh i'm not on board for that <laughs> Slimy Flowers says, "Oh, let's go back to the top. I've currently been trying I don't know how to pronounce this, Take, Japanese watercolors and Holbein washes. And they have also been considering to try some poster paints that anime studios like to use made to dry quickly and uniformly. Would be fun to see how it comes out. Oh, go for it. I in retrospect really wish that I hadn't been so glued to oil painting when I was an art school student because I realized that I like painting way more when it's not just one media. That's my thing. I know there are a lot of people, it's just all oil, or all acrylic and stuff. But I realized for me that I do much better when I can combine things. So a lot of the acrylic paintings I've been doing, they'll start with marker, I'll add acrylic inks, then I'll beef up a couple sections of the acrylic. Like I realized that's a much better workflow. And so because I was so fixated on oil painting when I was in art school, I feel like I really missed out on that. And so now I'm coming back to painting because I'm realizing that all the ways I was taught to use paint actually were not a good fit for me. I always feel like I was being told to build up paint, to paint on canvas. And now I'm really, I don't like canvas. I like painting on paper way more. Also, I'm a very thin painter. I don't like making thick blobs of paint. And I think if I discovered that, what, 26 years ago, I probably would have enjoyed painting a lot more. It just, the oil paint was just too dominant. And as a consequence of that, I didn't really get to try many other things. And Slimy Flowers also says, currently fixing my portfolio to give to schools, asking for January 8th, literally crying, oh, I'm so sorry, it is very stressful. Those of you who are applying to art schools right now, I my heart goes out to you. It is so stressful when things are just so concrete and there's no way to not think about it that way unfortunately i'm really sorry and oh there's a hue app i think oh no janice says has anyone played that little app game called i love hue oh i did read that but i did not make the connection to the app all i saw was hue as in hugh jackman i didn't read the part about the app but lisa says it's fun but i've hit a level where i can't see the subtle color shifts which is aggravating I guess for me, the biggest issue is I don't feel like I like looking at color on a screen because it's just not the same thing as looking at, say, a sheet of paper. I mean, that's the old fart in me. I just feel like it, it's so bright. I would have trouble really discerning the nuances in color that I'd like to see when I'm looking at a painting. Joshua Robinson says, grad painting applicant. Wondering if you can talk on the MFA program at RISD, perhaps a little of might to expect, maybe expected of an entry grad student. It really depends on the program you go into. For example, RISD has an MFA program that is in digital media, and it's not digital media illustration, digital media, it's more experimental techniques. And the painting department is very different than the printmaking department. So it's sort of hard to give specifics about what a RISD MFA program would want, but I can tell you in general for all MFA programs, what they really wanna see, they don't wanna see a portfolio that looks like a mishmash of undergraduate homework assignments that you threw together. Here's a still life, here's a figure drawing, here is an illustration assignment, they don't want that. They want to see that you are creating your own cohesive vision as an artist. Because a lot of people will say to me, in terms of the MFA stuff, they'll say to me, well, I really want to be given something to work with, like a prompt. And what I tell them is that at the MFA level, you are the one making the prompt for yourself. It's completely self-directed and independent in that way that's the leap they really want to see and also critical thinking very important and critical thinking the best way i would summarize it i do have a short that explains it as well is asking yourself the why why am i making this work so if i ask somebody I look at their mfa portfolio and i say well why are you making this and if they don't have a good substantial answer, that to me is a sign that that portfolio is not ready for an MFA program. And I did that too. I mean, when I went to grad school, I was just in this daze. I did not have a good vision of what I wanted to do. And it took me a long time. I I was sort of a late bloomer in that sense. Janae says, is it possible for me to work a part-time job while doing an MFA? It depends on the program. Also, it depends on where you are. I think most people in MFA programs do have some income because it's pretty hard <laughs> to not have one at all. I feel like I gave private art lessons when I was in New York City. I worked at summer camps but it was hard to have a really substantial job because it's just so demanding all the time that you're investing into a program like that. Iron Earth is asking, what do you think about using acrylic paint like golden open acrylics for printmaking? I bought some Caligo safe wash, but it takes more than a day for the first layer to dry. I actually, I actually have never used that before, but I think it was Sarah in the Patreon group mentioned it to me. I mean, that's another thing (laughs) for my wish list. I guess my question, you can follow up Iron Earth, what kind of printmaking are you talking about? Because acrylic paint works very well for monotypes. It's very good if you are using it for acrylic jelly plate transfers but is not good for relief printmaking. You would not want to paint acrylics on top of a woodcut. So if you can follow up with an answer, that would be very helpful. Yeah, this is a good question. And people ask me this a lot. It sounds like MFA requirements are what the program should provide. Otherwise, what's the point? Yes, you are going to school to gain all of those skills. And the way I see it is, they at least want you to be on the right track because I definitely have talked to people who have worked with me and want to do an MFA. And then I review their work and I realize they're not even looking in the right direction. And that's a big problem because that will make the MFA program not make a lot of sense to you. Like the critical thinking part there's a lot of people who argue with me and say well shouldn't the art speak for itself and there are circumstances where you can do that but not in an mfa program that's just the structure that is specific to an mfa program so you have to understand going into an mfa program that there are these expectations of things you're going to need to be able to do and a big part of that is defending your art and if you've never done that before and have no desire to to do that, I would say either you got to work on it or don't do an MFA. So I see it as just, you have to be in the ballpark. If you're not in the ballpark, it's excessively frustrating for everybody. (laughs) I like this, this must be the case for me too. Counselor Chip says, so glad I'm too old to be cohesive. I strive just to be coherent each day. Do whatever art floats my boat. There are some pockets of the art world that are so specific. Things have to be like this. I think it was, might've been Yale, I can't remember, but I was talking to somebody about how different art schools have different expectations for their alumni and the types of things art schools appreciate in their alumni. You've probably heard at RISD, the Airbnb, Guys, the billionaires, of course. <laughs> he appreciates them. Seth MacFarlane went there. They're going to appreciate him. But I think there was another art school, probably it was Yale, that would not appreciate that as much, that they have a really specific thing they want to see their alumni doing. Things like showing at the Venice Biennale or showing at the Chelsea Gallery. Sometimes it's, oh, winning a Guggenheim. Okay, that puts you on the map. And so it's really strange. It's almost like each school sort of has this checklist of like, well, this is what we want to see you do. For example, if I look at the RISD illustration department, I've been thinking about it more and more, actually, because I'm working on launching a freelance illustration career. I'll let you know how it goes. (laughs) Nothing's happening right now. Mostly I'm just realizing, oh, man, I'm bad at this. It's a great learning curve. But anyway, I was just thinking that, you know something? Movie poster illustration was never mentioned in the illustration department. It's a big department. There's a lot of faculty in there. Really, what the really the illustration department wants people to do, they want you to be a published children's book illustrator, or they want to see you doing editorial illustration for The New Yorker like wow that's a really narrow-minded view of what illustration can be illustration is so many things and i i just the more i think about it in relation to what i'm trying to do with the movie poster illustration it's just so total total vision and it makes me mad because who's to say that publishing a graphic novel is not just as challenging or i don't know maybe they didn't like the movie thing because it felt like oh it's advertising you're selling out that's such an art school attitude that a lot of people have unfortunately and let's see question from slimy flowers Talk about wanting a program that allows for exploration i don't like the idea of staying in one medium seems like most programs want me to pick one track asking for bfa studio arts it depends on the program but i think it would be extremely rare for a bfa program to only want you to do one medium because in every field there's so like you you sort of can't go into illustration and only draw with colored pencils because usually in a BFA program, the classes are desert, diverse enough, there's enough different faculty there that that probably will not happen. But there are things you can do. For example, if you are a jewelry major, you probably are going to be working with metals and tools and wood and things like that. In illustration, it's way broader. Illustration can be so many different things. There, there's actually a whole subset of illustrators to construct 3D things that become illustrations. So there are definitely some fields that are more broad than others, but even within jewelry, you can say, okay, we're just using metal, but there's so many different types of metal. There's so many different tools and techniques. So I wouldn't worry about that. I think that's not something that you need to worry about. Okay, we got a follow-up from Iron Earth, who says Linocut. Yeah, I I would not use acrylic on that. That's a very bad idea. Use either Speedball water-based ink. I've also used Akua and Talio inks, which are also water-based. I don't know if you want to do oil-based inks. Oil-based inks are my preference, but they're a pain in the ass in a home studio. And you do have to understand how to use them well. I mean, there's this one thing in printmaking, actually, you have to close the lid and put this little piece of paper on top and spray anti skin spray in order to make sure it doesn't dry this thick layer on top, like it's so specific. That is something you have to do to take care of your oil based inks. So if you don't know to buy anti skin spray, you're going to end up wasting so many bits of paint the whole way through. Okay. Also, soft cut. Yeah. Don't use acrylic. <laughs> that's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> Hello, Sue Jonathan. Lovely to have you here. You probably need to talk to Discord. I think that's a Discord issue, not an issue that we can help you with. So, I would check in with Discord support. Thank you so much. Counselor Chip for the super chat. Enjoy the creative direction. I'll be a supportive observer. I love that. Thank you so much for your support, Counselor Chip. I mean, I love that you guys are all here with me because I feel like you guys are a global soundboard for me. We're all just... Put something out there, just Instagram story or something like that. I'm like, hmm, I'm thinking about this. And you guys give me so much good advice. And I feel like I have this live global artist Wikipedia at my fingertips. I feel so lucky that I have that. And you guys have taught me just as much as I've taught all of you. So I thank you all for that. Okay, so Timov is saying, Okay, so you were talking about grayscales using monochromatic materials like charcoal and graphite. I'd have to look at their curriculum to see exactly what it is that they're talking about. But I'm not a big fan of those really specific rigid charts and things that take forever. Maybe it's just me, but my brain doesn't work that way. And I've seen some of their stuff, not a lot just here and there. And for me, they're a little bit too technical for me. I'm sure for some people it's a great fit, but I'm not somebody who does well with measuring. I like things to be more intuitive and on the fly. And again, that's a fit for me, okay? But if you are finding it boring, you can ask yourself, well, why am I finding it boring? I don't know if they provide any hands-on feedback to MoV, but the first thing I would do if I were a student if i was like oh it's so boring i don't like this i would go to the teacher and say i'm finding this really tedious to do is there something i'm doing wrong is there something that you think would help this feel more fruitful and sometimes that conversation the teacher can just say to you oh well this this and this and then sometimes just hearing that explanation is enough to go oh yeah wow okay now that makes sense to me because sometimes The reasons we find certain things boring in terms of assignments like that, sometimes it's because we don't fully understand a lot of the components of the lesson. And that's not anyone's fault. Sometimes things take time to sink in. And so I'm a big advocate that if there's an instructor you can talk to and ask questions, I mean, to me, that is most of teaching is that interaction with the instructor, which is why I've never understood why people like, these passive online classes where you just watch, but you don't get to talk to the teacher. I mean, that's sort of, me (laughs) to me, so not what teaching is. I mean, everybody has different structures. It's just, in my mind, teaching is extremely hands-on. But I would see if you can find some feedback if they have that from the instructor. And I would say, if you are finding it just so boring that you just don't want to do it, find another way to explore value. For example, one prompt, and we have it on our website, draw a chiaroscuro portrait. And that is a portrait with very dramatic lighting. And so that's a great exercise to start to understand value. So sometimes just switching it up and saying, I don't really like charts right now. Let me go do it in another context. I'm still learning about value, but I'm doing it differently. So that way it is not feeling so boring to me. Oh, this is a good follow up. So, Art says, I was doing black and white and grayscale for 10 years, and my work almost exclusively makes you really notice shading. I did that too. (laughs) I was so frustrated with color. I, I really was bad at it, you guys. Not good at color. Everything I painted was gray, it was terrible. I mean, I look back at my figure paintings. I'm like, oh, it's like total mud. Why did I not see that at the time? I just didn't figure it out. But I actually had sort of had it (laughs) with color after I finished art school. And I decided, you know what? I think I'm just going to not do color for a while. And you know something? At the time, it was such a relief because once I decided to work monochromatically, it's like this huge burden lifted off my shoulders and i was a much happier artist for that reason but now i am just in the color and i'm actually going to credit lauren for that because when i see how happy (laughs) color makes her when i see her just infectious enthusiasm just talking about yellow i'm like okay i'm missing out on something if this makes her so excited I think I need to go back and revisit this. But also it had a lot to do with the work I was doing at the time. You know, I'm not going to paint the bread fairies foods in black and white. Like that'd be ridiculous. I mean, her work is all about color. And so sometimes it's just a shift in terms of what it is that you're painting. I mean, the Sweeney Todd illustration, like I'm not going to paint that with bright rainbow colors. Sweeney Todd is about as dark as you can get when it comes to stories. (laughs) This is good. Blue Wolf says, Lauren's soul is made of color. And let's see. We also have Slimy flower says, I agree, adding more Practical approach helps. That's what happened for intro to painting. Black and white painting of a found trash sculpture and dramatic lighting to be painted as a first project. Lots of fun. I think the most important thing you guys can do when you're learning and developing certain things is to never tell yourself that this is the best way. This is the only way. This is how everybody else does it. That's when you really limit your own growth And when you get really set in your ways, which is a vast limit to what you could possibly be doing. For example, I know people have this idea that artists are so free and liberated and we're we're so creative, we do all these things. But I have been with groups of artists who were so concerned. I mean, I, I felt like I was just taking an exam with them every day. And I would make like the tiniest little mistake. Go, no, 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 not that. And it was very stressful to hang out with them because they had like a really particular way that they. Well, this is right and this is wrong. And of course, not every group is like that. But I have met groups of artists like that, and I just found it really stressful to be around them because I always felt like I was wrong or they knew the better way, and I I didn't like that at all these clicky art people. I was like, you know, I went through this in high school. I don't need to go through this again. Has anybody here experienced some clicky thing in some art community? Because I've seen it in different places. And I just think anybody who is willing to just throw their foot down as this is the way or that's bad or never do this. like You know those YouTube videos that are like, never ever use Naples green with a little half touch of your tomboy. And I'm like, oh my God, like there's gotta be a time when that is okay. Or you should never do this as an artist. I mean, the only thing I can think that you should never do as an artist is plagiarize or do something that endangers somebody that is not something I would ever want somebody to do, but just there's so much hyperbole online. But the thing is, people understand hyperbole. It's easier to learn through that way. I guess it's, I don't know, maybe it's like learning through fear. Has anybody here felt like that has ever been the case? Not even in an art context, but that it's hard to learn when you're afraid to be wrong or you're afraid for somebody to like tell you, no, never do that. (laughs) It's not a good way to learn. In my opinion, Eric says, I got heavy body acrylics as a gift. Is there a way to thin them out and make them more manageable? Absolutely. You will definitely want to get some matte medium. Matte medium is really fantastic because it allows you to thin out the paint, gives it more flow, and it's much better than water. Water, if you add it to acrylics, it will thin it out but it's gonna break down the paint and it it doesn't have a lot of body to it so when you put in the matte medium it thins down the paint but it feels nice and substantial i found matte medium to be incredibly helpful for that reason to get the ink to flow more but also really helpful for doing transparent paint which is called glazes so actually if you want information eric on how to use different mediums with acrylics, type into artprof.org. You wanna type in acrylic effects. And if you click on that, there's a whole page there. There's a video of me demonstrating things. There's photos that show you comparisons. Like this is what it looks like with matte medium. This is what it looks like with water. That would be a good place or just type into YouTube artprof acrylic effects. You will find it there as well. So all right, everybody, remember, we are doing registration right now for our January and February workshops. This is due next Friday. This is an opportunity for you to work with me in real time. This is very different than if you get a written critique from somebody. This is like you're putting the mark down and I'm talking to you in the moment. I get in the trenches with you guys when it comes to these workshops and it's really fun because it's a very small group of people we do limit all of the workshops to 10 or 12 people i think it's 12 for the studio workshops and it's just a really nice environment because you don't feel like you're performing it's a very safe inclusive space remember no discord chats after these friday night hangouts Join our Patreon group. This is such a lovely group. You get access to weekly voice sessions with staff, and I love chatting with all of you guys on voice. I find it inspiring. You also get support from me, and I write very long, nerdy critiques on people who would like a critique, and I do not do critiques in the public channels. Most of all, you find support in a small group of artists. People talk to me all the time about how they want art friends. This is art friends, <laughs> like real art friends, who really care about you and are invested. It, it's really, really lovely. I mean, you could come into the group, not care about anybody and just be me, 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 me. You can. But it, in some ways, there's sort of positive peer pressure to reciprocate and to support each other in this group, because it is a really kind, supportive group of people. Art prof has services artist calls, personal art curriculums, artist statement editing, portfolio critiques, and a big thank out. Tried to say shout out and thank you at the same time. To our top Patreon supporters who are keeping us up and running, I am so grateful. You guys are so loyal and wonderful. Art Prof is a podcast is available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And subscribe for more art tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Bye.